You're listening to Radio Tab's Mobile Rolling. Presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound. Making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices online or over the phone. one 800 060-896 or visit just took off. He said ta-da in horse language and took off right off. He's raced right away off the back straight, the Lost Storm. He's opened up a massive lead in a blink of an eye. He's out by 20 metres now. Round the outside, perfect class is giving chase, but the Lost Storm round the final bend. He's out by 25 metres. That third quarter was 27.9 and the Lost Storm into the straight has blown them away like a hurricane. He's Category 5, and he's number one tonight. What a win this is. The Lost Storm by about 45 metres. The Lost Storm has beaten perfect class second. Absolutely electric. That was a race last year uh, during the summer period in December, in fact. Uh, The Lost Storm. His overall record is nine starts, seven wins, one second, one third. Yeah, that race was, the margin was 36.7 metres the 31st of December. So New Year's Eve last year. Chris Barsby, good morning. Steve, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. Yeah, no doubt you're looking forward to this horse turning up. Chris, do you know what the latest is with the Lost Storm recent trials and so on? Jared was saying into the, got the tab corp slot in the Eureka. Uh, hasn't been spotted at trials, hasn't raced this year, so... Not sure what the uh, the plan is with the Lost Storm. There was talk about Queensland, but the Derby races aren't all that far away. The carnival starts this Friday night, Steve, at Ripliff. So we've got Friday night Ripliff kicking off the carnival for 2023, the Constellation. Saturday night, the Lucky Creed. The following Saturday night, it's Ripliff Gold Cup night. And then the attention will switch to Albion Park, July 1, 8, 15, 22. Marburg have got a feature day as well, which comes up on July 9. So... Not sure which way they're looking at with the lost storm, but uh, there's a lot to look forward to this weekend and this patron's purse. Can't wait to uh, go through this race on Friday night. This is going to be a ripper. Yeah, Chris, we're normally used to seeing leap to fame, you know, $1.05, $1.10 winks type odds. And here we are looking at $1.95 on Friday mm. night for this race with Tab. Well, the open yours for there, Steve. Uh, it didn't last too long. That market hasn't been up all that uh, long. And uh, straight away, a couple of punters have stepped in and uh, taken that. But he's got to overcome a really awkward draw. This is the one draw that Grand Dixon wouldn't have wanted on Friday night. The inside of the second row, his first go at the track. So it's going to be very, very tricky. So it'll be interesting to see how the price fluctuates throughout the week. Does he get shorter? Does he get longer? How do punters react to it? So... We'll be monitoring that closely. I'll be interested in the thoughts of Darren Clayton a little bit later, and then the boys will join us on Friday morning, and uh, we'll get their final thoughts ahead of the race on Friday night. So it's going to be very interesting now that he's got that draw the inside of the second row. And speak the truth, of the course, uh, they clashed recently, and speak the truth, had to work a bit in the run and, and battled on solidly for a third placing there. Yeah, so he gets another shot at him on Friday night. He, too, has got to overcome a second-row draw. He's drawn right alongside Leap to Fame, so they'll get a good look at one another. He's actually on the second line of betting at 4.20. And the horse that probably uh, caught my surprise, Steve, was better zip it. I forgot that he was a five-year-old. Here he is lining up. He won the big uh, nullaball race over in Perth at Gloucester Park earlier this year. And he's starting his Queensland campaign in this race. And he, too, has a second-row draw, drawn the outside of the second row. So it's going to be a very intriguing race. No doubt. And, of course, speaking of Shannon Price, her horse yesterday started short, very heavily backed, uh, backed as if unbeatable, and it was a pretty painless watch, Chris. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Sure thing, Captain. Steve, I'll ask the question, did we see the Queensland Derby winner yesterday? Because there was a few Derby prospects on show there yesterday, headlined by Sure Thing, Captain. Neptune stepped out for Robbie Morris, spaced his opposition. RD's Flash uh, also very impressive in fast time. So they're all heading towards the derby. So did we see the derby winning yesterday afternoon? Mm, You might be able to uh, pose that question to a few participants we speak to over the coming days. But our first guest with us now, Chris. Well, Brendan Barnes is in the hot seat because uh, he's been throwing the keys to a few of these uh, big runners for Jason Grimson across the weekend. Better zip it, most importantly, on Friday night in the Garrard's Patrons Purse. So it's a great drive to get. And Brendan joins us first up. Brendan, good morning. Good morning, Chris. Thanks for having me. Did this catch you by surprise? Yeah, definitely. It was a very pleasant surprise. I, um, yeah, sort of was made aware of it last night. And, and yeah, very, very honoured to sort of get the privilege to drive them horses on the weekend. Okay, so there was no sort of uh, hint or, or whispers about that uh, you were in the uh, in the box seat to land these drives across the weekend? 
Nah, none at all. I just, yeah, I, I looked at the fields and, and there I was. I um, sort of have drove the occasional one for, for Jace the last few years when he's come up. If he's sort of needed someone, I've stepped in and, and yeah, Cam wasn't making the trip this weekend. So, yeah, it was nice to get the call up. Okay, I was going to ask you that question. I was pretty sure of the answer, but you have driven for Jason previously. Yeah, I think uh, I actually drove Majestic Cruiser just sort of before he went on that real hot run sort of throughout that Inner Dominion series a couple of years ago. I drove him in the... Oh, it sort of might have been even the Blacks and Fake that year that we had it in the, the summer. Yeah, fair enough. Well, this is a great opportunity here on Friday night. We've been sort of hyping this race for a little while, expecting it to be probably the best ever edition that we've seen so far. This uh, race was first staged back in 2008. Now that Leap to Fame has drawn that gate, the inside of the second row, if the emergency comes out, it, it, it's game on now, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. If he has to sort of start from the inside and, and sort of, well, he's going to have to sort of grab up, uh, grab up and, and come off and it's going to be a very tactical race. There's a number of horses there who can do plenty of work and will like to be up on the pace. Okay, I know that you're one of his biggest fans, Leap to Fame. So is he, is he up for this challenge? Can he do what you just outlined there? Oh, sort of no doubt. You can't you can't knock him, but sort of probably Redcliffe, the track's going to be his biggest danger. Really, it's it's sort of if if he's wide and they're getting home in a fifty-five half, that can bring anyone undone. Mm. Were you surprised at all by the overall sort of uh, depth and quality that this field's uh, come up with on Friday night? Not necessarily. I think sort of fifty thousand dollar races is going to attract those. If it might have been a thirty thousand, a lot of people might have gone, "Oh, we won't worry about it." But but 450, it's it sort of attracted the strongest field it possibly could have, and it's going to be a cracking race. Okay, so when do you start sort of breaking down all the video replays of Better Zip It? Yeah, we'll probably sort of have to sort of dive into it over the next few days. It's going to be a very tactical race, so we'll we'll have to look pretty well in depth to a lot of them and and um, try and come up with a pretty good game plan. The best thing about him, just looking at him, he, he's so versatile. Uh, he's no one-trick pony. He can. He can lead, obviously, he can do some work, and he's got really good change-up speed. So although the draw looks really poor on paper, you've still got options. Yeah, that's right. And, and sort of you know how Jason's horses race. They all like to be up there and, and doing their thing. So I'm tipping if we get a window of opportunity, we'll be right up on the action. Okay, so he's going to be a major player Friday night in the patron's purse. And let's be honest, he's going to be a major player in any race he goes around in better zip. Uh, better zip it when he pushes towards races like the Sunshine Sprint and the Blacks are fake. Yeah, absolutely, no doubt. All right. What about on Saturday night? Uh, you've got the keys to uh, the reigning Inter Dominion champ as well, and I cast no shadow. He's got to overcome a second row draw also, but uh, his first up third was terrific. Yeah, it was really good. And yeah, obviously you said he's uh, the reigning Inter Dominion winner, so you sort of you can't blink at that too much. But um, yeah, his comeback was awesome and. And they wouldn't have bought him up if they didn't think he was going to be a major player. He's got a number of other runners stepping out on Saturday night as well, Jason. So there's a few extras to look forward to as well. A couple of mares. Yeah, a couple of mares. I don't really know a lot about them, so I have to sort of dive into a bit of bit of form. But um, yeah, you got to you got to take anything seriously that they've bought up. All right. Well, exciting stuff, and it kicks off on Friday night. I know you've got a number of drives between now and Saturday night. Just tonight at Reckler, big program, eleven races. I think you've got four or five drives there. Is there a winner amongst them for 1B Barnes? Oh, there, there's a couple chances, but uh, there's sort of there's plenty of bad barriers, so we're going to be relying on a little bit of luck, and, and hopefully we get a slice. So are you more confident with Mary Jewel or Famous 3? I think Famous 3 could probably make his own luck a little bit more, so we probably can get him up on the pace, and, and if, if he happens to find the front, he's going to take some beating. Game last week went second, wasn't he? Yes, definitely. All right, so we'll put a circle around him, famous 3-4 tonight. But exciting times for you, getting the, uh, the drive on a number of those uh, runners for Jason Grimson. Appreciate the time. Good luck today and uh, happy tea time. No worries. Thanks, Chris. Brendan Barnes, I think he's on the golf course, so he, he might be getting ready for a, uh, a round of golf before he heads off to uh, Redcliffe tonight, and he's got a lot to look forward to. What about last Saturday night? Craig White Oak had a owning treble. So he was in the winner's circle with It's Mr. Clooney, Alta Revelry and his trotter, Sugar and Spice, who's racked up winning so many races here in Queensland. She was able to take the last race. So I thought we'd place a call to Craig and just get his thoughts on how it all played out last week. Craig, good morning. Chris, good morning to you and to your listeners. Congratulations. And that's not the first time that you've achieved that feat, a Saturday night Metro treble. 
Correct, actually. I had my first Saturday night treble Christmas Eve last year, Chris, and ironically with the same three horses, and yeah, backed it up on Saturday night, which was tremendous. The same three horses brought up your first treble on Christmas Eve, you just said. So it's Mr. Clooney, Elder Revelry and Sugar and Spice have done it again. Correct. That's a, uh, a nice little feat, that one. So are they your pin-up horses right now, those three? <laughs> Absolutely, Chris. Particularly, it's Mr. Clooney and Sugar and Spice there. I've got a soft spot for both of them, actually. It's Mr. Clooney. He's my, you might say, my winningest pacer. He's won 14, and Sugar and Spice has won 12. So they've both horses have been tremendous. Okay, so those numbers are getting up. It doesn't completely surprise me. Um, Sugar and Spice. She's been, she's been an absolute ripper this trotter, and she was so good winning there last Saturday night. Yeah, she's been fantastic, Chris. Ever since we've had her, so she's done a tremendous job. Um, I think she's now a band, a band one. Uh, and last Saturday night, too, we managed to take down Adele, which is no mean feat. I think Adele's probably the best trotter in the state and probably one of the best trotters in the country. So to beat her, that was, uh, I was tickled pink. Yeah, she's got awesome speed, sugar and spice. So with these carnival races just around the corner, will she get her opportunity in a, in a couple of these big races? I'd like to think so, Chris. I think we'll aim sugar and spice at the trotter's sprint and the Queensland Trotters Cup in mid-July. Uh, they're both mobile races, and Sugar and Spice, she's much more comfortable from the mobile than the stand. So I'd say we'll probably give the DJA a miss. We'll probably bypass it, but looking to contest the uh, Trotter Sprint and the Queensland Trotters Cup, which I think, think are mid-July off the top of my head, which are both mobiles. And I think, you know, with a bit of luck with the barrier draw, she can be very competitive. Yeah, no doubt about it. She's got that amazing gauge being your spot on. July 15, July 22, those uh, mobile start trotting features. Just on, uh, on, on it's Mr Clooney, uh, he's won 14 races. So is he your most winningest horse? Absolutely, yes. So with, with 14, he's, uh, he's top of the shop, Chris, and he's been a tremendous little horse. Yeah, he's no star, but ever, again, ever since we've had him, he just gives it his best run in, run out. And, you know, his, what he's been able to achieve has allowed me to sort of, you know, bring more horses into the stable because, you know, he just keeps earning week in, week out, just keeps delivering. Was he an expensive purchase from New Zealand? Not at all. I think we paid 20000 for him. So in the overall scheme of things, you know, he was probably on the cheaper side and he's repaid, repaid that uh, purchase price fivefold. I can understand why he's your favourite then, given that he wasn't expensive and he's won so many races. And, and there's still plenty more to come because he's in that grade now where uh, they can pick and choose the, the right races like they did last Saturday night. So it's um, it's not going to end anytime soon. Well, hopefully not, Chris. But uh, he's, in a per he's in a purple patch of form at the moment. Uh, I think we'll... We'll aim for the Redcliffe Cup, uh, whether we whether he gets picked or not or remains to be seen, but he's racing well, so we'll, uh, we'll just march on. All right. And Alter Revelry, uh, he's only a four-year-old. He's going to start on Friday night in the patron's purse. So he's won 11 races. Was he unraced when you bought him from New Zealand? That's correct. So we've had him from day dot. I think we he arrived as a, an unraced two-year-old. So, so Pete and Chantel, we've had him from day dot. And he's been another really good acquisition. I think he's had 30-odd starts. He's won 11 races. And, uh, no, he's a, he's a smart horse, high-speed horse. And uh, he's done a really good job. He, uh, he certainly runs into a test uh, this coming Friday night. But uh, <laughs> looking forward to it nonetheless. Yeah, well, he deserves his spot there. He's back-to-back -back Albion Park winner his past two starts. And as you said, it's a terrific strike rate, one in three. So... He lands the inside gate. Uh, he was driven with a sit last week. Is that his best racing pattern? Absolutely. And in a race like the Patrons Purse on Friday night week, now we're going to need cover. So, yeah, he'll be driven uh, with cover. And, that, and that's where I think he has produced his best performances uh, off the helmet. So hopefully he can uh, do well again. But, uh, yeah, it certainly is a, a hell of a race on Friday night. The uh, Redcliffe Club, uh, the club must be tickled pink with the... Uh, with the lineup that they've got, so it's uh, it's going to be a hell of a race. And, and Chris, as an owner, it's a privilege to have a runner in a race of that caliber. Yeah, absolutely. So he'll get his opportunity on Friday night, and hopefully, there's a few other nice races throughout the carnival for him as well. Alter Revelry. 
Yeah, with a bit of luck, Chris. So uh, fingers, fingers crossed. Hopefully he acquits himself well on Friday night and hopefully that will give us an opportunity to be a part of some of the other races with a bit of luck. Well, Craig, you race a lot of horses, paces and trotters. Do you have a preference, one over another, or are you happy with either? Uh, either or, I must admit, Chris, I wasn't too keen on the trotters sort of when I first sort of kicked off. I had, you know, all paces, but um, certainly since Sugar and Spice has come along, so I certainly started to warm up to the trotters and I've acquired a couple more trotters uh, post uh, Sugar and Spice. So if they're doing well, Chris, I don't think you mind either way. <laughs> Fair enough. You've got a couple of nice three-year-olds uh, getting through the grades as well. Elder Magician, who's the, uh, the half-brother to Elder Revelry, and a couple of new ones that have only just started here. But the Bowden Blues went around yesterday. Always smoking was really good in defeat first up last Friday night. Will you aim towards a couple of these derby features uh, upcoming? Chris, probably not at this stage. We've only just had uh, the Bowden Blues and Always Smoking have only sort of just come on board. Always Smoking just had his first run the other night and the Bowden Blues just had a couple. I think both these horses, I, I like them both, but I think they'll be better in maybe six months, 12 months' time. So I'm probably not sort of too keen to take on the derby features just you know, just at this point in time. But I said, I think both horses, I like both of them, but I think both of them will be better horses in six, 12 months' time, Chris. Yeah, that's fair enough too. Uh, do you do a heap of form with New Zealand? Are you always looking at these New Zealand races to, to find your hopefully your next horse? Absolutely, Chris. It, from myself personally, I've, I've had my best success you know, from acquiring uh, the Kiwis. So I'm always sort of watching their races, looking at the form, you know, looking at sort of what horses might be suitable to, you know, for for Queensland racing and, and suitable to the Turpin McMullen stable. So yeah, always keeping an eye on the, the Kiwi horses, Chris. You know, that's where I've had my uh, best success. How many winners off the top of your head do you reckon you've had with Pete and Chantel? <laughs> Chris, it's. 124. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's a lot. Yeah, I um I thought it was about 70 or 80, but I uh, did the math uh, just recently, and it's a uh, 124. And that's come in. I've only probably been with the stable three or four years, so it's um it's a credit to uh, the Turpin McMullen operation. You know what they've done. Uh, they have just been absolutely brilliant. You know, just their professionalism, their hard work, and talent. That's you know brought success to them but it's also brought you know a hell of a lot of success and enjoyment to me and that's allowed me to go and buy more horses which is what i love doing yeah and you love getting trackside you love getting there to watch them race as well absolutely uh i get still get very nervous these days which is good but i love being trackside um i get very annoyed when i'm not so uh, yeah love to be on track house love to go get my photo taken when we win so uh yeah love all of that aspect of it chris being on on track See, and it's not only the Turban McMullen stable. You're starting to venture out with a few other stables as well. Yes, yeah, so uh, Trent Moffat's got a couple of mine. Uh, uh, Pete's sister, Narissa and Maddie Elkins, they've got American Outlaw. Uh, Dale March has got a horse for me. So just yeah, starting to spread the horses around a little. I've, I've, over the last couple of years, I've acquired a lot of horses and yeah, that's put a lot of pressure on the Turban McMullen outfit. So probably just need to ease that pressure somewhat and uh, bring in some more trainers as more horses turn up. Well, not only are you a very enthusiastic owner, you, you love being involved in harness racing. You're part of the Marburg Pacing Association as well. It's carnival time officially this Friday night. And Marburg's going to be part of the carnival in 2023. A standalone feature day coming up on Sunday, July 9. You must be looking forward to that. Yeah, absolutely, Chris. We had the uh, inaugural running of the, you know, the Western Star last year as part of the NADOC week. And we had a really good day last year, so we had plenty happening both on and off the track. We had a good crowd, and with a bit of luck, you know, weather permitting, we'll have another good day uh, come Sunday, July 9. And again, we've got plenty happening both on and off the track, so it should be a good family-friendly day. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure it will be. It just keeps on keeping on, Marburg, doesn't it? gets better each and every year. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we've got a, a really good bunch of people involved with Marburg, and they do... A tremendous job, you know, most of which are on a, a volunteer basis. But uh, we've done, I think we've done some good things at, at Marburg to help promote the club and the sport. And hopefully that'll continue in the future. Yeah, I'm sure it will. Hey, Craig, again, congratulations. Uh, your second Metro triple there last Saturday night. Uh, 
And as I said, uh, your favourites, no doubt about it. It's Mr. Clooney, Sugar and Spice and Alta Revelry. Continued success and best of luck with that uh, feature on Friday night as well. Chris, thanks very much. Appreciate it. Space leads narrowly. Adele's trying to reel it in. Here's Phoebionics launching deeper. Majestic Harry fourth. Sugar and Spice giving plenty. Adele's trying hard. Sugar and Spice leading the way. Sugar and Spice and Sugar and Spice takes it. Sugar and Spice beating Red Castleton. And true to the rumour, Chris, named after Darren Clayton and uh, Ryan Spice. You didn't touch on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Angus Garrard is with us. Angus, good morning. Morning, Chris. Uh, there's a lot to look forward to on uh, the weekend, uh, in particular Friday night and then Saturday night. First and foremost, though, Manila Playboy is not in the patron's purse. He's the defending champ or the reigning champ. He trialled on Monday. What, what's the latest? Uh, yeah, just opted to miss that one. Um, you know, it's obviously pretty strong, probably stronger than last year. And, um, probably thought chances are we'll draw bad and uh, we'd sort of rather be... Uh, tip top for the hundred thousand dollar race a week after. Okay, fair enough. It is some sort of race, though, isn't it? The uh, the garage patrons' purse on uh, Friday night. Yeah, for sure. It's a super contest, and draw makes it very interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Now, the other feature on uh, on Friday night is the three year old garage Rickliff Ealing Sales Series final. Regatto Dintilli, he had feature race glory only two starts ago, taking the Breeders' Classic. A runner-up in his heat last week behind For Real Live. For Real Live drew two. You've got gate five, and Tardelli has to overcome a second-row draw. Can Regatto Dintilli claim another big one? Oh, I think he can. Um, he's definitely going good enough, but, uh, you know, the draw makes it really tricky. Um, we're definitely going to need a big go our way in that race on Friday night. What was your first reaction? Do you sort of look at it and think, I've got to get forward or float forward, or are you just looking to go straight back? Where where do you want to be ideally? Oh, it's, it's a little tricky to work out, you know. Um, probably want to be uh, sort of up handy, but in saying that, how much do we have to use to get there? So uh, it's probably something we're going to look a little bit more in depth at um, in the next couple of days. But, you know, there's probably four standouts in that race and um you know two of them are drawn really good and the other one's trying to trail through behind them and we're sort of left out there so makes life a little tricky mm. but in saying that uh he, he proved he's good enough to beat these horses when he won that breeders classic he was so good coming off cover and, and, and that's his go he can follow a genuine tempo can't he yeah definitely he's got he's got really high speed he'll sit on anything so you know, um, it probably looks a race where someone's going to have to put some heat on at some point. Um, hopefully it just uh, works out good for us. And if we love the right spot, he's definitely going good enough to take the race. Mm. What did you make of last week chasing home for real life? Sub 27, Darren Clayton thinks it might be one of the quickest last quarters ever recorded at Reckliff. So what was the takeaway with Regato Dottilli? Yeah, really happy. You know, it wasn't a fast run race, but it was a nice last half and we were parked out there for the last lap and outside him pretty much all the way through that last quarter and, um, you know, still fought strong on the line and, you know, he, he'll take a lot of improvement out of that. You know, he had that run or trial since the Breeders. So, um, you know, he should be tip-top for Friday night. All right, a question I'm going to ask, and some may scoff at this, but is there still a little bit of a question mark on, on, on the distance for both for real life and Tardelli? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, for real life, looks like rolling to the front, which probably makes it a little easier. But, um, you know, we saw in the breeders, he had to work a little bit over the short. And, um, you know, we were able to get over the top of him, although he raced really well. But, uh, yeah, you know, Tardelli probably over-raced a little there first up. And, um, hold on, you blinking, sort of beat him pretty comfortable. So, uh yeah, there's definitely question marks with those top two. Okay, well, that promises to be a very good race. And the other feature on Friday night is the uh, the Trotters' Cup. Defensive guy is your drive for Kay Crone. He's had the two runs back. Could he be unbeaten in those two runs back, uh, you know, if things went to plan? Yeah, definitely, Chris. Um, you know, that first week, he was... He was Probably just a little over the top, to be honest. He had that really nice trial and looked super, but um, 
probably just took the edge off him a little bit. And, um, he was a little flat, probably wasn't as sharp in that first run and also made a few gear changes leading into that second run. And, you know, he was super sharp. He pucked out there for the last lap and run really nice time. And, um, you know, we couldn't have been any happier, really. Um, so hopefully he's right there again on Friday night. If he steps and leads around Redcliffe, he's going to take some catching, isn't he? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think he's probably um, a little underrated, to be honest. You know, he hasn't yeah. hasn't had a lot of racing um, due to a few issues. But, you know, what I've felt of him in a short period of time, you know, he feels like he's certainly got a really good engine. And um, hopefully with a little more improvement, he can be right there with the good ones. Mm. And credit to Team Crone as well. They've done a good job getting him back to the races. But as you said, he had a long time away from the track. So... He's obviously had his fair share of issues, so they've done a big job. Yeah, for sure. They've done a super job and sort of just nursed him back nice and steady. They had him ready to go, gave him one trial there, and then he had to have another six months off after that. And, you know, they persevered, and um, hopefully they've got him back to a spot now where he can be competitive in these good races, and hopefully he rewards them. All right. A couple of others I've got to ask about just quickly. Classy Washington. Surely this is his go on Saturday night. Oh, hopefully, Chris. Um, it's the first time we've <laughs> He's had a good draw. Really. That's a good start. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, you know, he, he's racing super. Um, you know, can't complain about him. He's picking up money every time he goes around and, you know, racing behind some really, really good horses. So um, as long as he races well again, we'll be happy. Of Dibley, will she start on Saturday week in the Reckler Oaks? Uh, we'll just see what happens. She comes through that run on Friday with a little issue, so um, just depends how happy we are with her next week, whether we um, stick her in or not. But um, hopefully, either way, she can sort of be ready for the South East Oaks. Um, you know, we think she's a filly with a lot of ability, and whether she goes to Redcliffe or whether we give her a run somewhere else. Um, in that next week, hopefully she can be right for the South East Ducks. All right, fingers crossed there. Last one, uh, you mentioned Manila Playboy. He'll go to the Redcliffe Cup. Bangkok DJ was a scratching last Saturday night. Uh, it's nothing serious? I don't think it's too serious, Chris. He just had a little issue and probably wasn't going to be 100%. Um, I don't really think he's missed any work, but um, just sort of erring on the side of caution, hopefully at this stage, and uh, fingers crossed he can be spot on for the Hayden. All right. You've got a number of drives tonight, a couple of nice draws as well, a couple of inside gates there. Uh, is there one that stands out for you tonight? Um, I think actually Shuby raced really well last week. Um, he was first up for a little while and he felt right back to his best. So hopefully taking a little bit of improvement out of that run, he can race really well tonight. Okay, so he's one that's got to overcome a second row draw. That's race nine, number nine, Chevy. Angus, really appreciate the time. Uh, best of luck over the next couple of days, in particular on Friday night with those features as well. No worries. Thanks, Chris. There's Angus Garrard joining us. So a couple of key drives there on Friday night. Regato Dintilli in that three-year-old feature in the Trotters Cup. Defensive guy. Might give a bit of a, a sight if he steps to lead in that race around Redcliffe. So that's going to be a, a good race. It's a cracking program. Ten races on Saturday night as well at Albion Park. So we've got all the features on Friday night. The feature on Saturday night is going to be the Lucky Creed. Uh, speaking of uh, Tab, they've got markets up for all of these features. So as it stands right now, Darren Clayton's about to join me and we'll go through these prices. Uh, the Patron's Purse, he's now $1.95 after opening at $2 leap to fame. Speak the Truth, $4.20, $4.40 better zip it. And Future Assured is now $9.50. Darren, good morning. Morning, Chris. How are you today? Yeah, really well. Really well. Any real surprises with the patrons' first final makeup of that field? Uh, no, not really. I, I guess um, you look at it from a perspective that uh, a couple of horses that, uh, and I didn't expect him to be in the field, but we see Bondi Lockdown go around on Saturday night. He's a five-year-old. The other one was Big Wheels. I thought perhaps he might have been a chance of heading there, but... Um, by and large, I think we we miss Manila Playboy. He's probably the only one that I thought would be there that wasn't. 
Um, so yeah, not not a great surprise in what it's ended up. We knew there was plenty of quality horse flesh to go into the race, and, and geez, what a race it's going to be, especially now uh, if that emergency comes out of the field with how the barrier draw lines up. A mm, couple of others that I made notes for. You've mentioned Manila Playboy, Big Wheels. Uh, here's a couple of others. Two in particular. Can't find a better man. He didn't yeah, well, uh, head that way. No, he goes to Saturday night as well, which um, probably a little bit interesting considering he tackled the open class race last week and um, he was game in defeat behind Black Sedance. Nearly got him on the line. Might have been a nod of respect for Leap to Fame. And the other one I think would have been a fairy tale sort of setup, uh, Swayze. He's the older brother to Leap to Fame. And he's in good form. He won the Golden Cup last time out. Imagine if they were fighting out the finish there on Friday night. The two half brothers, Leap to Fame and Swayze. Well, he was in the nominations, Chris, so I don't know whether he was withdrawn after um, before acceptances or whether he's just been flat out balloted out of the race. If he's copped a ballot, um, be a little bit of a surprise considering the form he's been in since he joined the Grimson stable. Mm. Uh, so anyway, they're the ones that aren't there, but all in all, it's a great race. Tab prices, Alta Revelry 34, Lord Zarias 81, Uptown Beach Girl 13, Future Assured 9.50, Tim's a Trooper 61, Hot and Treacherous 26, uh, The Emergency, Port or Prince 31, Leap to Fame $1.95, Speak the Truth 4.20, Some Moment Somewhere 19, Better Zip at 4.40. What's your take on the uh, the price assessments? Yeah, geez, it's, it's a tricky one. Just knowing, I guess, with not knowing... Uh, if Leap to Fame does start in Barrier 7 inside the second line, I, the only option really is probably um, hook back a, and come around them because Alder Revelry, um, he, we saw him hand up on Saturday night from Barrier 1. You'd expect him to hand up again at 2200. Um, so where that sort of the, the front line ends up. So that makes Leap to Fame coming around them. And as Brendan Barnes just said, um, that quality of field, they're probably going to get home their last uh, 800 and sort of 55, 56 around Redcliffe, which if you're wide out, it's it's going to be a mammoth task. So uh, I think that's about probably about where his price is going to be. And if he does, um, I guess if he starts in gate eight, two off the second line, if there does happen to be a scratching, he probably might get a bit shorter. Um, we'll just get that bigger price uh, may get back out to, to double oh, double figure um, to black figure odds again um, if he does move in, but um, that's about right. Hot and treacherous. He's not drawn very well out in gate six, but um, just the way it all sort of pans out, I thought he was quite a big price. Um, and the other one, Tim's a trooper from what he did last start. Um, admittedly a stand start, and he got the inside run, but he's no slouch. I thought his price was pretty big as well. Mm, yeah, no question about it. So that's the patron's purse. That's race five. Race seven, the three-year-old final. For real life, $1.25. Hold on to your bling, five fifty. Tardelli, five fifty. Regazzo Ditelli, $11. Did you expect him to be that short for real life? No, not at all. Uh, I, I think that's far too short. He'll. There's no way he will be starting that price, that's for sure. He'll be... He'll be um, he'll be getting right out in that market. I know he only um, he was pretty impressive in his win, but he only had to sprint that last quarter and sprint he did. That's that's for sure. But um, his opening half was um, I think two and a half seconds slower than the other heat. Um, so he's not going to get that luxury this week. Um, does draw that he's going to be in front. That's for sure. Uh, where the pressure comes from in the run, I don't think uh, he'll get away with that. Hold on to your bling. Probably doesn't want to apply too much pressure. So does that mean Tardelli or even a horse like San Maria? She was a, a pretty good winner uh, at Albion Park two starts back where she sat parked from gate six and one. Um, so whether she's the one to get around into the contest early and, um, you know, I, I'm prepared to forgive Tardelli. He's first up in 12 months. Mm. Yes, he was probably entitled to win that with the with the run he had, but he was a little bit keen. First up, 12 months. I think uh, we need to forgive that. He's a, he's a high-quality horse, and I, th I think he can bounce back. I'm actually with him to bounce back in that race, and I guess he gets... Uh, Ricky Alchin gets the opportunity here. 
Um, he was the hunter there last week in the heat. He gets to be the hunter this time, and he can just follow through and be ready to take the closing shot. We look at the two-year-old final of this series from last year. Tardelli beat... Um, it was basically the big three in the betting here were the, were the first three across the line last year. Tardelli won for real life and hold on to your bling in the minors. So, and in, on that occasion, Tardelli was wide off the track the last lap and, and powered over the top. Uh, I'm in for a repeat of that, that finish. Okay, so 5.50, good shopping right now for Tardelli with Darren Clayton. What about the Trotters' Cup? This is a tough race, but they've gone with Hammond's Law up from Victoria. He's installed as the favourite at $3. The local Adele, $3.70. Uh, $5 about Escape the Pace and $8 Funny Face. So, fairly tough race, the Trotters' Cup. Yeah, it certainly is. Um, the Hammers Law is probably one that sort of caught me by surprise. Didn't expect to see him coming up from Melbourne, but that's good. Um, defensive guy, great story there with how far, how long he had off. I hadn't, uh, I wasn't aware he'd actually had that long off. I knew obviously he was returning from a spell, but didn't realise it was that long. And then uh, you look at his last start win; that was that was pretty good. And he was in a great spot uh, first up. He was in behind the leader and just um, just galloped and threw his chances away when he was first up. So if he steps cleanly, he's a um, he can certainly. Um, I guess, if anything, he probably holds holds the key to the race, really, in in what they do early steps, and he's in front. Uh, what they what they do with him thereafter, I'm sticking with Adele. I think at this stage, I think, um, despite the 20 metres and the wide gate capacity field around Redcliffe, there was nothing wrong in her defeat last week under mobile conditions. That was a quick last half, and she was parked out. Uh, I think she can certainly redeem herself there. She's a quality trotting mare and, and can get around them. I think the price there, I think Escape the Pace, it's probably bobbed up under the odds there. I know he gets back to standing start conditions where he's shown his best previously. He's two Queensland runs, though. He's finished down the track after making errors. Admittedly, that has been from the mobile, but uh, I think he's a little bit under the pace there, under the price there. And um, Phoebe Onyx has won off 20 metres, who I could certainly entertain running running in the money. OK, well, that's Friday night. What about the market for Saturday night's feature, uh, the Lucky Creed? 270, turn it up, drawn gate one, 440 about time, 460 Bondi lockdown, 750 Black Sedans, $9 big wheels, $10 I cast no shadow. Will it get shorter or longer in the market as we draw closer to the race, turn it up? Yeah, tricky one here. I don't... Um... I'm not really sure on this one, Chris, because from gate one, he's obviously he's a gazelle out of the out of the barrier, and he's going to be in front. But do does Shane Graham want to lead all the way over 2600? That's the thing. And uh, if he does, he's probably going to cop a little bit of pressure at some point in the run. Um, he's probably best saved for for one for one run. So. Perhaps he, he hands up and just takes a sit, and then uh, with that run, he, he powers over the top. Who does he hand up to? I guess that's the that's the big thing. So, yeah, not really sure on that one. Um, Black's a dance, knows how to draw a, a bad gate in a big race, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> he, they, they might have their own uh, number 12 in the stable there, the amount of times he's drawn 12. But, um, yeah, he's... Geez, he was good last week. That last half was was sizzling, and um, you know some people say he's not really suited over the trip. Well, I think it was this race last year, or, or even the year before, he was right in the thick of it, not beaten far. So, I don't think the distance is a real worry for Blacks to dance. Um, yeah, just an, a really interesting race there. Bondi lockdown. We can't see him really getting fired up early. Um, they might just allow him to balance up and then get forward. So, um, yeah, I'll need to take a, a bigger and longer look into how this race maps. But um, it's certainly an interesting one. I think Turn It Up obviously got the gate to um, to be to a deserved favourite of what he's done in recent times. So, yeah, just where they, where they position in the run will be key, I guess. OK, well, we'll talk more about that one on Friday. Uh, with the rest of the crew as well. Uh, I, I mentioned earlier, uh, good card yesterday at Albion. Did we see the Queensland Derby winner there yesterday? A couple were on show, Short Thing Captain, Neptune, RD's Flash. Were you taken by any of those guys? Um, 
probably the first two. RD's Flash, um, super run. That was, that was a, a really great run. Just um, whether he's a, a longer distance horse, I don't know. Off the back of that, Jizzy was, he was showed brilliant speed. So um, if he can convert that into a bit of into the staying trip, well, he's certainly in the mix. Neptune. He was impressive the way he pulled away when uh, when he just sort of got clicked up a bit. He just he just bolted clear, and that was a, a really solid win. Um, I was a little bit concerned after his first up effort at Menangle as to um, you know how how he would measure up, but he showed yesterday he's well and truly there. And um, I think of the three of them, sure thing, Captain, he's the one. He's just. Uh, Oh, he's a very, very nice horse, and um, let's not forget he made it to the New South Wales Derby on in his first campaign, his first racing preparation. That's a that's a pretty big effort, and he's had a break and he's come back and he's two runs back. That win last week over the Bowden Blues, um, he had no right to win that. That was just um, a, a super win, and. If anything, maybe uh, Adam Sanderson might have just caught Pete McMullen napping when he went back to the inside to win that. But his win yesterday, again, really good. So I think he's the horse on the upward trajectory. Um, he's a very, very nice horse. OK, speaking of the derby, uh, as Steve outlined earlier, the Lost Storm's been invited to contest the uh, the race down in Sydney in September. Uh, naturally gifted. He's bound for Queensland. Steps out tomorrow night at Penrith. So he's on a derby trail. It'll be interesting to see if he's under any sort of consideration for the rising sun. Uh, a horse that you mentioned a couple of weeks ago, our Sunset Delight, trialled again on Tuesday night, I think, for memory, at Bathurst. Won and went fast time. So looks like he's headed north. Uh, and just from the trials today, down in Sydney, Spirit of St. Louis was able to beat my ultimate Ronnie and Delightful Angel. All three of those horses bound for Queensland, so we're looking forward to seeing them. Uh, my ultimate Buddha, who was unlucky not to win the Breeders' Classic recently, he was able to trial and trial well. He's bound for Brisbane again. Uh, Doff your cap beat Hurricane Hill. The two stable mates there fighting out at finishing a trial. Time was only 59, but they got home in 57 and a piece. Uh, I, I expect both of these trotters to head north and contest those trotting features. Doff your cap Hurricane Hill. And Peaceful was also on display today. She's another one that's being considered for the Queensland Oaks and she was able to win her trial quite comfortably. So... Uh, good signs there from that trial session. We've got a number of important guests that I am uh, making uh, uh, touching base with today for tomorrow. Uh, just on the trotters as well, Darren. London to a brick who won last week. He's got a feature, I think, next week that he's going to look at. And then uh, they'll make a call on the Great Square. But it's looking positive at this point. Lettuce Trot, who was able to win that race at Melton last week. Uh, he's another one eligible for that uh, uh, Sydney feature. So if he goes well there, they'll definitely look at bringing him up. Uh, Chris Lang has ruled out Courage Stride. Chris Lang said he won't be coming up. Uh, disappointing. Uh, RC Phoenix, who steps out on Saturday night at Melton. I think he's uh, three for three this prep. He's definitely headed to Queensland, so we'll be watching him with uh, close interest there. So there's a few trotters up and about. So things are starting to take shape now with the carnival officially getting underway on Friday night. Yeah, they, they certainly are. It's really kicking off. And um, the fact that uh, Sonia Smith and, and Anthony Butt are heading up and so they might, uh, you know, be a few seeing that form this week, then decide whether they chance their arm. I'll be keen to see how RC Phoenix goes. He's three for three this campaign, as you mentioned. Um, there's a few from the Chris Venosio stable stepped out last Saturday night and we're all a little bit disappointing so hopefully there's nothing too major they were just um, perhaps just off on the night and not a, a bigger issue at play there so um, Louis Luai was one of those that was potentially heading up here as well um, he was he was a beaten favourite there on Saturday night so hopefully RC Phoenix can go around safely and uh, perform well, and we see a few others from that stable that uh, that he does make the trip. Yeah, absolutely. Albizia, who won a trot race in uh, Sydney at Menangle yesterday, could be another one uh, being considered for the Great Square. So that race is starting to take shape. It's on the same night as the Rising Sun. So we're still waiting for a few more invites to be handed out. Uh, shouldn't be too far away, but there's uh, certainly a few that you can make strong cases for so time will certainly tell just on 
uh, Friday night's feature, the patrons first. The first stage back in 2008. Is this the strongest ever edition we've seen? Yeah, I think so. I was having a bit look, a uh, bit of a look through. There's certainly been some. Uh, there's been some good editions of it, that's for sure, and um, a few with sort of standout horses. But I think across the board, um, you look at the quality. We've got Leap to Fame. Um, you know, a, tr- a three-time Derby winner. You've got Better Zipper who won that Nullarbor race. Um, speak the truth. Um, across the board, a really, really strong race. So um, definitely the best overall field, that's for sure. Okay. Uh, we need a winner for tonight. We've got 11 races coming through at Reckless. So where do we find your best bet? Yeah, it's um, a little bit of a tricky card, I thought. But I think if we, um, I think we can strike reasonably later in the card or midfield anyway race five horse number eight sunrise ruby i think this is a a mare that will really appreciate getting back to redcliffe she's had five goes at the track three wins and a minor her only miss um was there was two starts back just got a wide gate Uh, i think this race will set up with a little bit of earlier mid-race tempo and i think she can take the closing shot at them race five number eight sunrise ruby Okay, good value. Six fifty, two ten the place currently with tab fixed price. So load up now, punters. Race five, number eight. It's the first leg of the quaddy. Anything else on that card tonight? Yeah, um, a couple of races later in race number seven, horse number one, Tinsel Tiara. Um, she was good last time out, sent around from the second line, able to find the front, and uh, she moves to gate one this time. So we'll have the options. Um, Mary Jewell, the two-year-old, tackles older horses, so I'm not uh, overly keen on her from the wide gate, and I think Tinsel Tiara can go back-to-back. Race 7, horse 1. All right, 4.20, so finding plenty of value at tonight's meeting. Have you got a quaddy marked out for tonight? Yeah, so um, both those are in the quaddy, so um, I'm happy to stand them out and, and play skinny there and wider in the first in the other leg. So race 5 will we'll stand Sunrise Ruby out if you were looking for... Um, insurance, the one, Mr Hart, probably looks the leader, and if he can hold on, I don't think he can, but anyway. Uh, the second leg, uh, number three, for no reason, I've got on top. She was strong in victory last time out and pulled away for a big win. Uh, probably has to sit parked again, but she showed she was up to that, financially stable. Um, second up, pretty good run, first up, and uh, off the back of a nice trial, so uh, gets the gate to certainly feature. Throwing number seven, Magical Ideal. If the one leads, he'll get the chance there. Major Charlie, he can certainly uh, work into it from back in the field. So we'll go one, three, seven, nine. The third leg, Tinsel Tiara. Happy to go one out with her, just with how the map sorts for her. And in the last leg, um, tricky little race, even though there's um, famous three probably gets his opportunity. He can get across from gate five and gets the, gets the chance, that's for sure. Number nine, perfect feeling. He's going well, uh, probably best suited for one run, and uh, he'll get that here. Number nine, uh, the, number one, the Crom, he'll be tucked away, and number three, Flawless. Um, he can certainly, or she can certainly be close enough to feature, so we'll go one, three, five, and nine in the last league. Okay, grand total of $16 for tonight's quarter. So that's eight into one, three, seven, nine, into one, into one three five nine. So very simple. Best bets, race five, number eight, Sunrise Ruby. And really good value there currently. Six fifty, two ten the place. And the other one Darren likes is race seven, number one, Tinsel Tiara, four twenty, a dollar fifty five the place. So that's Rickliff tonight. Eleven races, big card, four forty. So Rickliff racing tonight. Tomorrow, big night coming through on Friday night. I've got one final question for you this morning, Darren. Yep. Fire at will. Carla's Pixel, she was a very good race mare, and now it's started doing a good thing. She produced that colt, which was a, an Australian record at the sales earlier this year, I think two hundred and seventy or $275,000 by Captain Treacherous. She's in folder, Captain Treacherous. It has been announced that he, she is going up for sale. She's going to go on Gavel House. What sort of money is she going to bring? Yeah, I was having a look at this, and I've actually went down a pretty large rabbit hole looking at this yesterday, Chris. Um, you'd expect, so 240000 for the Captain Treacherous foal. Um, 270 270 sorry. Um, yeah, 
So, you know, if you value the, the foal she's carrying at the moment in foal to captain again, so say you value that, value that at, at 200, just um, a little bit less, you, you don't know what you're going to get there. Um, and then she's not an old mare and she hasn't had a lot of foals. Um, it's only a third foal, third time she's in foal. So, geez, you're setting up a broodmare uh, band you're probably looking at probably about three to four hundred thousand, perhaps. Mm. Um, it's it's a hard one to not to uh, work out. It, it's broodmare sales in the harness harness code. Uh, um, you know, it's not often you see them go to auction like this. Um, they're more often just private deals struck. So um, there's certainly dispersal sales and those type of sales, but um, you know, a broodmare in its prime, we very rarely see. Um, go to public auction so yeah I'm not really sure but uh, good luck to Shannon and Megan Nixon they're obviously um, you know they're trying to strike while the iron's hot and Shannon outlining that he's they've got a few other things they want to chase in life so um, one of the one of the rabbit holes I went down um, she's out of Pixel Perfect Pixel Perfect's four first foals I, I don't think I've ever seen a broodmare have its first four foals be as good as they've been. Perfect Mac, Birdie Mac, Soho Tribeca, Carlos Pixel, all earned $200,000 or more. Soho Tribeca, a millionaire. Carlos Pixel, $480,000. And unbelievable, 149.5, of those four have gone. So um, if there's any breeding buffs out there, can someone come back to me and find a broodmare that's produced her first four, four that's a mouthful, her first four foals uh, any better than what Pixel Perfect, the dam of Carlos Pixel, who will go under the hammer with Gavel House, as you mentioned. Yep, and she was a daughter of Fake Left, Pixel Perfect, correct? She was indeed, yeah. um, an art major mare, and uh, it's v- that's the other thing with uh, with Carlos Pixel, deep breeding, very deep breeding. It's um, you know it fills up the page, and and that's probably why that uh, that yearling that went through the sale um, bought such big money. So it'll be interesting to see what her second foal, which Shannon is keeping it and sending through the sales again um, next year, is by Better's Delight. So. Um, who knows what that'll bring? Mm, too right. We'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. Just before we close off this morning, just with Tab with uh, the weekend, uh, again, first four jackpots on all the races Saturday night, and there's a quaddy jackpot. Uh, I think the pool starts at 20000 so there's every chance that pool could get to 100000 with those features there on Friday night. So just keep that in mind uh, with uh, the Tab when you're doing the form for Friday and Saturday night. Hey, Darren, thanks for the time this morning. We'll chat again on Friday morning. We'll uh, dig a little deeper with these features with all the guys as well.